0: Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about this miraculous sign.
1: He brought a dead man back to life? You saw this for yourself?
0: I did. He had been dead for three days, three whole days, in the tomb shut up. Then this Jesus comes... He was friends with the man's sisters, too. He comes and tells them to open the tomb. They looked at him like he was crazy. We all did. But they opened the tomb, and he called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he did. He walked out of the tomb alive as you or me.
1: It seems not even the grave could contain the power that this Jesus brought with him. The crowd was abuzz with the stories about this man who they heard was coming to Jerusalem that day.
0: Those who had seen him before and many of those who had witnessed the miracles that happened at his hand were drawn out into the streets to welcome him.
1: And they told their neighbors, their friends, their family. The streets were lined by the swells of souls who wanted to catch a glimpse of this Jesus, this
0: king. I heard he was destined to become our king. Surely he will ride in on a magnificent steed, sword by his side, an army behind him. He will save us from the oppressing hand of Rome that is crushing us. He will be our prophet.
1: He's a prophet like Elijah or Daniel or one of the others. He's here to bring us some divine news. He's here to bring us a message from God. He is
0: a man, just a man. Flesh and bone and a whole lot of fanfare over nothing. In fact, I heard he's a Nazarene. Ha! Can anything good come out of Nazareth? But I know to the religious leaders he is...
1: A threat. A very real, very dangerous threat. A threat that must finally be answered and soon.
0: The news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem continued to sweep through the city and the large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. And they cheered him saying, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.
1: Most of the crowd spread their branches and garments on the road ahead of him. Jesus was in the center of the procession and the people all around him were shouting, Hail to the king of Israel! Praise God for the son of David.
0: And Jesus didn't come on horseback like a conquering king. He rode humbly on the back of a donkey's colt.
1: And he didn't come in an opulent chariot brandishing a gilded sword. He came with the clothes on his back and the dust on his feet.
0: And behind him, not an army marching in rows by the thousands, he was trailed by a ragamuffin group of fishermen and the poor, the outcasts, the nobodies.
1: Some laid down their palms to praise their king.
0: Some laid down their palms to praise their lord.
1: Soon he would lay down his life for them all.
0: Because among the crowd stirred a poison among the people. The religious leaders of the day, in their corrupt hearts, a wicked plot was thickening and hardening like stone. Like the whitewashed tombs they were, they would dethrone this king of the Jews, whatever vicious route that must take.
1: Their blood boiled over his constant rebuffing of their evil advances against him. He simply would not go away, and he wouldn't fall into any of their traps.
0: So since he wouldn't fall, they would have to push him.
1: Since he would not be trapped, they would have to catch him.
0: And bind him.
1: And frame him.
0: And blame him.
1: And falsely accuse him.
0: Falsely convict him.
1: Falsely understand him.
0: And the crowd that shouts, Hosanna! Today, spreading the cloaks off their backs to honor him, breaking palms off the streets and prostrating them at his holy feet
1: crucify him
0: will demand the breaking of his body tomorrow
1: see this is getting us nowhere look how the whole world has gone after him
0: they will resolutely require the laying down of the law upon his innocent head
1: he threatens our way of life our position, our pride
0: the little baby has left the manger to live life like the life he gave us And restore the life that we left in Eden. Our God incarnate, King of creation, proven power over death.
1: Power over death? They say he raised a man from the dead? They say he walked right out of the tomb? Well, let's see how he fares when his body in the grave, his body in the tomb.
0: Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him!
1: Crucify him!
0: Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.
2: just upstairs, God sits among friends and would-be enemies. His disciples repose about him on his left, on his right, their feet engrossed by the same muck and mire caked upon his feet. Why wouldn't they be? They have walked the same streets, trod the same paths, they have followed their rabbi, and the dust of his his feet has covered their own bodies. Where he has led them, the dirt tells the story of the life God incarnate firsthand instructed them, inspired them to live by living it first.
3: Their rabbi stands. In the middle of their simple meal, in the middle of their peaceful repose, he stands. The disciples have grown to know their teacher to be abrupt, forthright, unusual even at times, and once again they're about to witness something great and yet something so small.
2: Removing his outer robes, the rabbi exchanges them for a towel. Tying it around his waist, his hands reach with a designing purpose for a large bowl and a pitcher of water. With resolve, he moves back to the table where these twelve men now sit silently watching him,
3: wondering at him. He never ceases to amaze them. Well, most of them. Dropping to his knees, he sits at the feet of Andrew. He reaches out and, without a word, takes his foot up in his hands and begins washing Andrew's feet. Andrew is frozen by his own confusion. His brow furrows and his body tenses at the sight of his rabbi kneeling just below him, performing the work of a common servant, a slave even. His rabbi looks up up at him, smiles. Andrew's tension lessens by his friend's reassuring face. Turning his head to the eyes he knows are watching him, Andrew communicates his confusion back to his fellow disciples with the same face they convey to him. Looking down, his feet are clean, but the rabbi is not finished. He moves to James, and taking up the same posture, begins
2: to wash his feet. James, too, is still and silent as his teacher, his friend, washes away the dirt and dinge crusted to his feet. All eyes are on
3: their rabbi as he finishes, and does not stop with these two. No, no. He moves to Philip with the same determination, and then Bartholomew, followed by James, son of Alphaeus, washing their feet, too. Still, no one has spoken except one who leaned in closely to the man beside him to whisper, What is he doing? Only to be met with an answer in the form of shrugging his shoulders. Matthew, followed by Thaddeus, were the next to have their feet washed, followed by John, then Simon. All sat in astonishment, all sat in disbelief for one reason or another.
2: Peter's hands tightened with white grip. His rabbi was just picking up the basin from Thomas's now clean feet, and Peter knew he was sitting next to Thomas. Looking down at his feet, Peter saw them from what they were. They were revolting, even to his own eyes. He knew where those feet had been. Places known to be dirty, dingy, disgusting, highly undesirable places to travel. The evidence was on his feet. His feet were a portrait of the paths he had wandered, good and bad. Peter was roused from a silent reverie by the sudden touch of his rabbi's hands on his foot. No! Peter shouted. Startled from his seat, Peter stepped away from where the rabbi sat on the ground before him. No! He spoke again with less brashness
3: and more control as he had learned these past three years, and he added, You will never wash my feet. Never. I am not worthy of you. You washing my feet? I should be washing your feet. I should be licking the dirt off your soles. No, Lord, you will never wash my feet. The room fell into an even more silent
2: silence. Their rabbi stood, and looking his frazzled friend in the face, said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will. Jesus motioned for Peter to sit back down so he could continue, but Peter was still unconvinced, still resolved to remain untouched by the Savior. Then Jesus said, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. With that, Peter fell to the ground, head bowed in submission, exclaiming,
3: Then not only my feet, Lord, but my hands and my head too. Jesus smiled as he
2: embraced this new spirit in his friend. The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. And Jesus went back on his knees, took up the cloth, poured on the water, And wiped away the dust and the dirt, the muck and the mire, from
3: the feet of his friend. Not every one of you, the ominous phrase rang in every ear. And there was one man left, one pair of dirty feet, still in need of washing. At the end of the row sat one who purposefully distanced himself from the head of the table. He purposefully abandoned a closer seat. But the basin still in hand and his feet still in reach, Jesus did as he would do with any man in desperate need and taking up the floor at judas's feet the lord washed with equal if not great care those feet that were in the moment he knew itching to further stray those feet that in a moment would run away and betray him
2: sweat on his brow he returned the bowl and the towel and dressing resumed his place and he said to them do you understand what i have done to you you call me teacher and lord and you are right for so i am If then your Lord, your teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For have given you an example that you
3: should do as I have done for you. You have given us an example that we should do as you have done for us. Do as you have done. Live as you have lived.
4: It was a still, cool night. Jesus led his disciples through the darkness up a narrow path on the Mount of Olives to a garden called Gethsemane. As they reached the spot, Jesus turned to them and said, Sit here while I go over there and pray.
5: He asked Peter, James, and John to go just a little further with him. They could see sort of sadness and trouble written in the furrowed brow of their rabbi and then he turned to them and said my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death stay here keep watch with me
4: they stayed where Jesus had asked them to stay they watched him as he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away into the garden until he was just out of sight how long would he be Jesus often prayed alone and for a long time with his Father. So they sat down and rested from the walk, wearied by their own sorrow. Jesus fell with his face
5: to the ground. With his face to the ground, he prayed most earnestly. My Father, if it is possible, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. In anguish he prayed, and his sweat fell like drops of blood to the ground.
4: The cup was bitter. Jesus prayed for that dreadful cup to be taken away. He prayed that if it were possible, the lamb did not have to be slain. Rising,
5: Jesus returned to where he asked his disciples to remain. Vigilant with him, and he found them dead
4: asleep could you keep watch with me for one hour he asked then added again watch pray so that you will not fall into temptation the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak again
5: after entreating them once more he went back to pray saying i have a father if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Your will be done.
4: And coming to his feet again, he returned to his disciples. Would they be alert for him? Praying for him? Standing guard for him, their friend? Sound asleep
5: again. Unable. Or unwilling to stay awake.
4: Perhaps they don't understand what's at stake. Jesus pleads with his friends again to keep watch with him to the end. And once more he goes off to pray. And once more down they lay.
5: But the time for keeping watch has come to an end because in the distance A soft glow of light is approaching quickly. The still, silent garden now begins to rumble with the sound of a fast-approaching, angry mob.
4: The disciples are awake now, and in an instant they're staring back at what feels like a legion of armed men waving swords and clubs in front of their hate-filled eyes. Sent by the chief priest, the teachers of the law, and the elders,
5: the mob, white-knuckle, grip their weapons, ridding themselves
4: to pounce on the one they've come to arrest. A lone man steps out from the mob and moves slowly and methodically toward the place where Jesus is now standing. The disciples don't make a move. Why would they? This man is no threat to them or their Lord. This man is one of them. Or so they thought. The man steps in
5: front of Jesus, and leaning in close to him says, Rabbi! And kissing him on the cheek, he steps back, just catching for a moment the swelling sorrow
4: written in the eyes of the one he just betrayed. The mob erupts, lunging forward at this signal from Judas. They move to bind Jesus and start to drag him away. But Peter, taking up a sword, swipes at one of the mob, threatening
5: his rabbi, lopping off his ear.
4: Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. Do you think I cannot call on my father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels. But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? And reaching
5: out, Jesus touched the man's ear. And as quickly as he was wounded, he was healed.
4: They dragged Jesus away, bound and chained. The cup was poured And ready for the drinking. And speaking to the crowd
5: and an evil unseen, Jesus said, This
4: is your hour when darkness reigns. And with that, his disciples deserted him and ran away.
6: On the darkest of nights, a plot was thickening, and on this deepening night, a certain character was being revealed, one that would for all earthly time reign in history as a character known for his turned heart, his thorough misunderstanding of God.
7: Judas Iscariot, a name synonymous with betrayal on its most profound level, Judas Iscariot. Chosen by the Messiah to follow him, learn from him, be a brother to him, Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot. Not many children today running around with the name Judas Iscariot.
6: Judas was with Jesus dining in Mary and Martha's home. He reclined at the table with him. Then Mary took a pint of an expensive perfume imported on Jesus' feet, wiping his feet with her hair. Judas objected, disgusted, saying, Why
7: wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? Why? It's, it's a year's worth of wages at least. What a waste. A waste.
6: Judas didn't say any of these things because he wasn't in the least bit concerned about the poor. No, he said these things because he was a thief.
7: As keeper of the money bag, Judas used it at his own personal banking account, helping himself to what was put into it.
6: So as Judas sat at the Last Supper, he sat with evil's darkness already solidly entangled within his being.
7: Just hours before, Judas had sought out the chief priest asking
6: them, what are you willing to give me if I finally give you what you want? If I deliver Jesus over to you, what will you give me? Thirty pieces of silver. And with the sound of the promised riches tinkling in his ears, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand over his rabbi, his faithful friend. Until then, he returned to his side, finding himself sharing a meal in an upper room.
7: The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas to portray Jesus when Jesus spoke.
6: Truly I tell you one of you will betray me
7: The disciples looked at each other with surprise and something like horror Betray him who would betray him who would betray Jesus who would betray their rabbi their friend certainly never one of those closest to him one of those who sat in the very room Judas said
6: Surely you don't mean me rabbi
7: And Jesus answered You have said so
6: Satan entered Judas, and Jesus, resigned to the fateful choices of his friend, spoke to Judas, saying, What you are about to do, do quickly.
7: Judas slinked out of the room, returning to his conspirators on the sly. The end of the night, he stole the sound of 30 pieces of promised silver jingling in his ears, soon to be jingling in his pockets. The priest and elders had promised him that much. As he watched around him, a mob quickly assembled and explained where to find Jesus. He knew where they might be going.
6: The Mount of Olives, the Garden of Gethsemane.
7: Judas marched the mob up the narrow pass, guiding them further into the darkness, until so they were face to face with some sun, stunned disciples and the Savior of the world.
6: Judas, Judas slithered out from amongst the mob, moving with calculated intent. He had arranged this moment. The soldiers would know who to arrest by the signal Judas gave. One step.
7: Two steps. Three steps, and he's next to him. Jesus is staring back at him. For a moment, could he have hesitated? Could he have thought a sack of silver shining metal pieces of metal wasn't worth this? Wasn't worth what might come? If he did, it didn't stop him. Judas leaned in saying,
6: Greetings, Rabbi.
7: Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss?
6: The deed was done. In a flash, Jesus was under arms and being dragged away. And now Judas was left alone with his precious silver, so little silver, such a great legacy. So sad a legacy. Judas watched as they led the world's greatest rescuer deep into the dark, sinister blackness before him. His trusting friend now led away like a common crook and soon condemned to die.
7: And Judas sank deeper into his own darkness because as he walked, he heard it.
6: Clink, clink, clink.
7: The thirty pieces of silver he now carried clashed together like a chorus of clanging cymbals. Clink,
6: clink, clink.
7: The sound of those sparkling little coins as he moved was deafening to his ears, maddening to his spirit. They tormented him to his very soul.
6: Clink, clink, clink.
7: He was running now, his hands white-knuckled gripping the coins, trying to silence their clamor. He was filled with remorse, and a dark shadow chased him as he
6: ran. Bursting through the doors, he fell upon the priests and elders once more. Take it back! Take it all back! Judas shouted at the men who had paid him to betray his friend, but their response was less than sympathetic. What do you want? You have your blood money. Now go!
7: I have sinned. I have betrayed an innocent man. I have betrayed my friend. I didn't understand anything. Why he lived the way he lived. Why he will die the way he will die. I didn't understand him.
6: What do we care? That's your problem. Now get out of our sight.
7: Judas had tried to wash his hands of it. He had tried to undo what he had done, but it could not be undid.
6: Clink, clink, clink.
7: Unclenching his fists from around the bag of silver, Judas tossed it at their feet and in frenzy fled.
6: And the coins, they scattered. And the disciples, they scattered. And Judas was scattered and surrendered his life to an obliging tree
7: a life sold
6: a sad legacy now told and for what
7: 30 pieces of silver
6: just a few hours earlier the disciples sit with their Lord their teacher reposing after a very confusing very foretelling meal their last supper together Jesus continues with his prophecies
7: he spoke saying my little children I will be with you only a little longer So I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come.
6: Cannot come? What does he mean? The disciples sat confused and wondering. We followed him everywhere. The dust on, on his feet is the dust on ours. The sweat on his brow is the sweat on ours. We have left everything. We have given up everything to follow our rabbi, and now he says we cannot go with him?
7: Peter, of course, had something to say to this, asking, Lord, where are you going? Why can't I follow you now? After everything we've been through, you're everything that is most important to me. You are why I breathe. I will lay down my life for you.
6: Jesus heard his friends speaking with the passion he often displayed throughout their time together. Jesus knew Peter spoke with sincerity, but would act quite differently, and he responded to Peter softly, tenderly, with soft sorrow in his voice, saying, Peter, will you really lay down your life for me?
7: Lord, I will die for you.
6: And I think it hurt Jesus a little Very truly I tell you Before the rooster crows You will disown me three times
7: Now a few hours have passed Since Jesus spoke these truths to Peter The calm of supper in an upper room Had turned to torches and spears And angry enemies marching toward Jesus They arrest him, bind him and drag him away And where are his disciples? Where are his closest friends? Those who said they would follow him to the end?
6: They've run away They're hiding. They're scared and they may be next to be dragged away. And most hide deep. They hunker down. They leave town. But Peter, he couldn't hide from God's prophecy. Peter followed at a distance the crowd who dragged Jesus to the house of the high priest. He had to stand outside. He was unable to go in. So he went to a fire burning in the courtyard to warm his hands while he waited.
7: A young servant girl was there, also standing near the fire. She looked up and around the hood that Peter had tried to hide his face with, and studying his features, she recognized him. This man was with that Jesus. I recognize his face.
6: No, I'm not. I don't know him.
7: But the group around the fire was interested in this new stranger, warming himself next to them. And another spoke up, saying, She's right. You are one of them. You're one of his disciples.
6: I don't know what you're talking about.
7: But only Peter was fooled into believing he was not one of Christ's followers because another man spoke up saying, I'm certain you're one of his. I saw you with him in the garden just now. And besides that, you're a Galilean. Come on. How could you possibly deny him again? You're his friend. I'm not.
6: I tell you, I'm not. And just as his Lord had said, Peter had denied the friend he swore he would go with to the end.